Welcome back, and here we go for another episode of FileMaker Talk. All right. Welcome back. This is Matt Petrowski, half of the Matt Squared. I'm taking this opportunity to do a uh, quick little podcast just based on something I've been doing. Uh, Matt Navarre, my buddy and my partner in crime, he won't be on this particular episode. Um, We just did an interview and that will be coming up shortly in another episode. But for this one, I wanted to actually take a bit of time and talk about something that I'm actually doing which uh, recently I sent an email to all of the subscribers of my magazine. If you're not familiar, I produce a weekly magazine over at filemakermagazine.com. And I sent out an email and got a pretty strong response. The title of the email was basically, what type of online FileMaker webinar would you want? And the really cool thing is the power of a question just opens up so many possibilities, things that you can't even think of that people give you all kinds of feedback. So ultimately, I got over 100 responses, I think something like 138 within two days, which for the FileMaker community is a bit surprising. Uh, To me, just because we're such a small community, but we are a growing community because I'm, I think because of some of the changes that FileMaker itself is doing in terms of acknowledging that they're more of a developer tool than just a pure end user database, which is a good switch. But I wanted to take some time and answer some of the emails that I got back because because I, got, I received so many of them. And here I'm going to give you the email just so that you can hear what went out in case you weren't on my list and you listen to this podcast. If you are on the list, simply just head over to filemakermagazine.com and I believe on the side there's a sign up or some place where you can go to, to join my list. But here was the email. This is a quick and short email. I'm stumped. I'd like to offer a remote webinar in September, and there are so many things I could offer. I figure it's better if I simply asked what you'd like to learn. The possible topics could be anything related to FileMaker development. I've done a lot of development with FileMaker in my past 20 years. Anything from beginning with FileMaker up to advanced JavaScript within web viewers. Security? Setting up server? Theming? Basic data modeling? What's your interest? pain point. Now, it's that last question that I think was the most poignant of the whole email. It's just an open invitation that says, hey, what what are you trying to figure out in FileMaker? So out of all of these questions, it provided me with some content, many of which are things that maybe don't warrant a full webinar, but are things that I could obviously answer. And what better way to answer than right through audio like I'm doing right now? So of all of the responses, I'm going to go through a few of them just to give you some FileMaker content to chew on. One of them came in was a response. Let's see. I don't have an actual name on this particular one, but it said the response was scripting. The ability to write the script of what I need it to do is the toughest thing for me. Now, the interesting thing about this response was I've been working in FileMaker for so long that for me, scripting, once you learn, it's really pretty interesting. Once you learn a programming language, you almost start to think in it very much like you think in whatever your native language is. And so if somebody said to me, yeah, we've got a lot full of cars, we want to tag all of them, know when certain ones are sold and what's going to happen. 
I can almost instantly think of how to solve that problem in terms of the technologies known to myself, and then also how I would approach that from a scripting standpoint. But you know what? This response sort of reveals to me that when you're just starting out with FileMaker and you really don't have your head wrapped around the notion of scripting, it's sort of like this elusive mystery of how do I accomplish what I want to accomplish. Well, for me, this all breaks down into basically approaching your problem in the smaller pieces that constitutes the whole. So obviously, you are going to go about this by saying, okay, what are the constituent parts and how am I going to break this out? So first, let's break down the problem and how you would go about solving the problem. Forget about how you're going to script it within FileMaker. You want to think primarily of what is the problem. In my uh, scenario, obviously the first step of the problem, because what I stated was very general. We've got a lot full of cars and we want to know when they leave and when they come back whether they're going to the shop or whether they've been sold or whatever happens, our logistical issue is we have something and that something decreases and increases. We've got new cars that come in. We've got cars that go out. So first and foremost, the first part of the problem is, well, we need to track the content. Obviously, you're going to be getting the data from somewhere. It's either you're getting an import and that may be coming from the manufacturer or if you are an aftermarket a car lot selling things, then you're going to have to come up with a system of going out and actually cataloging and managing your own inventory. However it's going to happen, you simply need to break the problem down. Now, when you're going to go into the process of applying this from a scripting standpoint, the key is with scripting, as it is with most programming languages, you want to do things in small little pieces. Um, these small little pieces make it easier for you to reuse those pieces. So recently I released a, a FileMaker article, and it was an article about using QR codes. QR codes in order to uh, have a login system where you included some type of verification system within the actual QR code that would use a what's called a cryptographic hash. MD5 is, what file, is the only one that FileMaker natively provides with a get container attribute function. And that cryptographic hash allows you to more or less sign something, digitally sign it using a secret key that only your solution knows. So what I did is it's very easy to write a script from the standpoint of I write the script in order to do everything for me. But I knew that that's not how I should approach the scripting uh, solution in this situation. I knew that there will be multiple places where I would actually need to use that signing process. So what I did is I created a dedicated smaller script, which did only one thing, and that was sign data. So I basically set it up so that the script would take inbound content, that was through get script parameter, and then I said, do whatever you're going to do with this inbound data that you get, and then spit something out. And that's uh, done with the script step exit script. So within exit script, you can return any type of result you want, anything. It can be a list of data. It can be one single word. It can be let formatted variables, if you will. So once that little piece returns something, I can now use that one script called sign data for any time that I wanted to sign any data with an MD5 hash using my secret key. So that one little tiny piece to the puzzle, because if you think about this giant jigsaw puzzle, that one piece fits into the whole equation. 
that's what you're going to be doing from the standpoint of scripting. Now, when you are going to organize all of your scripts, definitely take advantage of using FileMaker's folders. Break things down into folders that make sense and logically group them into sections. So for me, this one particular script called Sign Data, that was a general shared script that could be used across my whole solution, as opposed to putting it within a folder that maybe that script can only ever operate on one specific layout because it's tied to the context of that layout. So the organization of your scripts is going to play a critical role in how you approach the scripting process. It is just as much part of the equation as it is actually figuring out how you're going to script it. But if you're brand new and you're starting with scripting, here is the interesting thing about scripting. It's not a mysterious language in FileMaker. Scripting is purely the process of putting together all of the individual steps that you would do yourself manually within the FileMaker user interface. I mean, it's really that simple. There is nothing in FileMaker that is so complex that you can't figure it out. So let's walk through a typical scenario. All right, the typical scenario is we need to find out how many cars now are in our lot today, which is different than what was yesterday. Well, we have a script that we've created that each day at 12 o'clock at midnight, it goes and it runs on FileMaker server. And the only thing that it does is it goes over, it does a find. It finds all of the inventory items, all of the cars that are tagged as active. There's a field called active. It takes that number and then it goes over to another table and it simply creates an entry. We had 12, uh, 112 cars on Friday night. Well, it's now Saturday. We run that same script and we just do the comparison. So the process for us is we need to go in and do the find. Once we do the find, we're going to go over to another table. When we go over to that other, well, we're going to capture the, the amount of data that we have, whatever the total is using one of FileMaker's functions, either get record, uh, get found count, or if you have a summary function, somehow you can get that value. Once you've captured that value as a result of your find, then you go over to your other table and then you save that into a record using the new record step. So everything that I would have done normally, if I told myself, okay, I need to go, this was a task I had to do at night. I'd go find the items that I want. I'd copy that from the clipboard or copy it from the field or wherever it is. I'd go over to another table and then I'd create a new record. That's fundamentally all scripting is. It is simply taking that manual process that you're going to do within the FileMaker user interface and simply setting up all of the sequence of steps. And that's pretty much what I have with regards to that particular item. I think I've pretty much beaten that one down. So another question that came in from Paul was, I'd like to see real life and simple examples of execute SQL to get started on the right track. Now, the way that I interpret this particular response to my survey or my questionnaire is learning anything is obviously a matter of getting started. And it's also a matter of putting it into practice, actually using it. So if you need to use Execute SQL because you're, you actually have something where Execute SQL is, you know that it can benefit you, it can actually work better than maybe some of the ways that you're doing things right now, 
Now, the first caveat I want to say is that Execute SQL in FileMaker isn't the end-all of solutions to things that can be done natively in FileMaker. There are ways that you can just, through a simple number of connections of table occurrences, it may be way more efficient in terms of your time in order to simply wire things up rather than take the time to actually write up a SQL statement. Because you can take more time actually composing a SQL statement with disconnected table occurrences than it takes you just to drag a connection between two table occurrences. It does take time and a bit of knowledge and experience in order to understand which one is going to have, what's going to have a lot of impact. Because every time that you add to your FileMaker solution, no matter what it is, layouts, fields, more tables, more relationships, that adds to the overall degrading of your performance. Because obviously, the, the more simple something is, the easier it is. Now, where Execute SQL comes into play is that it allows you to keep your FileMaker solution in terms of the graph and uh, your field counts. It allows you to keep things very simple. So it is very worthwhile to learn. But here's the kicker. You have to just start to learn it. You have to tell yourself, I'm going to set aside half a day and I'm simply going to go search for Execute SQL blog posts. I'm going to go use the SQL Explorer tool from SeedCode. I'm going to look into um, learning SQL. Now, I can give you this one tip. I don't know why FileMaker actually took it out. But in versions 13 and 14, they took out the documentation, the ODBC documentation. And I believe they only have it on the web now. Whereas in FileMaker 12, they had a very handy link up under the help menu when you had FileMaker open that would simply open a folder where you could access the PDF which had all of FileMaker's SQL documentation. Now, FileMaker's SQL API simply uses their uh, ODBC implementation, Execute SQL does, but it only uses the select opportunity or the select function within SQL. So you don't have the full CRUD capabilities, the ability to create, delete, and alter. But you are able to use the select, and it does show you what you have available in terms of the functions within SQL. So the, the best example that I can come up with for learning Execute SQL, I did an article just a little while ago um, talking about charting. And it was basically, I was attaching all of the data that a chart needed directly onto the chart object itself using the hide calculation. So in FileMaker 13, we got this hide feature where we could take advantage of hiding things. And I've been using it for all kinds of things where I don't actually use it for the purpose of hide. I just use it for the fact that it has access to FileMaker's calculation engine and it attaches to the actual object. So it's very tightly coupled in that regard. So what I would do is I would put in a let statement in the hide calculation on a chart the actual execute SQL. Now that's a great tip because it keeps it associated with the object and allows me to copy that into other solutions, but that doesn't solve our problem of having to learn execute SQL. SQL is very easy to learn if you're willing to take the time because it's simply a build-up process. You simply start with the first thing. Okay, I just want to be able to get an ID value from this particular table. You can write that extremely easily. Select ID from, and then whatever the name of the table is. 
what you need to learn as part of Execute SQL is learning how to abstract so that you don't break your own code and then also how you can actually write something that applies to your own solution. Obviously, Paul, because I don't know what your exact solution is, a real-life example isn't something that I can provide unless you actually have and are interacting with the data. But simple examples, that I can provide. Go with the most basic in terms of getting something out of your data that makes sense and do it using the execute SQL function. Once you realize what you can do with execute SQL, you can use it in all kinds of different places. And I've used it in everything from the hide calculation on layout objects to custom functions. In fact, I love using it in custom functions because those are singular places which really don't care or have anything to do with context where you can update and modify your SQL code. So that's where I like to use my custom functions. All right, let's move on to a, another response. So here's a good one that I like. I would like this came from Jay. I would like to see something on security as it relates to a vertical market developer, not a custom solution. How can we protect our application over a customer purchasing it and then giving it to a friend? So here's my response on this particular one, because there were some other emails that came in that said, oh, could you do a webinar on runtime solutions? Well, first off, I want to say that if you haven't heard already, FileMaker in the release notes for FileMaker 14 mentioned that they may be deprecating, which is meaning retiring, the runtime capabilities of FileMaker Advanced. Now, whether that happens or not, I don't know, but you do need to know that it is on their radar with regards to runtime solutions. Now, that's just a caveat that I want to throw out there because it doesn't, it doesn't directly relate to Jay's question here because he's talking about security as it relates to a vertical market developer. Now, here's what I'm very excited about. When Perform Script on Server came out within FileMaker, that opened up the world of software as a solution for FileMaker. And the improvements that they are putting into FileMaker Go and the complete explosion of the whole mobile market means that FileMaker is very much a viable platform for developing things, especially custom solutions or custom things for vertical markets. This is because you are not beholden to Apple's paywall. You can release updates. You can release uh, additional supplementary applications. FileMaker as an environment allows you to develop something that is completely functional from a business application standpoint, and you can get it out and deploy it as you need. And it can reach out because of Perform Script on Server and do things that you can't natively do on the device, such as, let's say, send out bulk email to a thousand people. You can tell the server to do that, and you have a nice solution there in your hand where like, you're on a train and you just need to email people out. You've got a 3G connection. It's really weak, but you just click that button. It says, send this email to all of my people and out it goes. The server does it and takes care of it. Really awesome. In fact, the whole world of uh, the, the web of things, or their internet of things as they're calling it, this interconnection and the fact that a lot of data is just being passed back and forth in terms of little chunks, what's known as REST, which is the more popular over SOAP and different interchange formats, 
is really pretty cool. But let's get back to the security aspect of a vertical market developer. When you create a FileMaker solution, that FileMaker solution is not locked down. And if you don't already know, and every FileMaker developer should know, if you gain any type of physical access to a FileMaker file, it is vulnerable. Plain and simple, if the file can be acquired, then it can be opened up. Unless the first thing that you do is you strip all full access accounts. Now that's done through FileMaker Advanced. You're going to go into the developer utilities and you're going to strip out the admin access and that will remove all full access accounts. So that's how people won't be able to get into your FileMaker solution. But that doesn't mean that they won't necessarily be able to get into the data. Now, if you've, if you've never done this, then it's a great thing to do. You can create a simple FileMaker file. In fact, I suggest you do this. Create your simple FileMaker file, and then within your operating system, simply drag that FileMaker file onto a text editor. You can do this with pretty much any file in all of computing, and you can basically, it will open that file and take a look at it. And it shows you all of how that file, however the developers have cho chosen to encode or um, basically store their data, you can find that. Now, some of the data is clearly visible. Things that you can see, little hints, tips, all kinds of little things about scripts. How all of what is obfuscated is the word, is when you just basically make something hard to find, not necessarily encrypted. That How the developers do that, that's up to them. How FileMaker has done that, you can see whatever you can see. But what is interesting in the way that hackers hack into things is they always do, there's always some type of comparison somewhere. So you can take a regular FileMaker file, create that as new, save it, and then simply go in and change one thing. Let's say like a password on the default admin account and then save a copy of that file. Well, you now have the difference between the two, and you can run a comparison. That comparison can be run on those files, and, find, and you can find out a general location. So if you aren't aware of it, there is a, a tool out there in the world of FileMaker. It's been around forever, and you can find it at lostpassword.com. And I'd much rather you be educated than being fearful of what is out there. So at lostpassword.com or lostpass, it's one of those. I don't know. They've got passwords for pretty much anything you can think of. They've got uh, Intuit Quicken files, zip files, you name it. Again, the process is real simple. If you have a binary file and you simply change one thing in it, you duplicate it, you can find out what the location is of where that particular piece of information is being stored. This is why FileMaker's encryption at rest is so important. So what happens is this lost password will not simply find the password. All it does is it knows the location of the password, gets the rel relative size, and then swaps out a password uh, or it puts in a new account or clears the password. Ultimately, you can get into the file. Now, you cannot do this if the file has encryption at rest. So if you use FileMaker's developer utility because you're providing a vertical market solution about the only way that you can distribute a physical file, and the reason that I'm talking about a physical file is because if you're going to be doing any type of SaaS or vertical market solution deployment, and you're going to be using a mobile solution, it is almost inevitable that your best performance is going to be having a file on the actual device, which would be on an iPad. 
So if you allow somebody to download your FileMaker file from the web and get that onto their device, then of course they can get that off of their iPad, their iPhone, and then simply try to hack into the file. So here comes the first problem. The first problem is if you put encryption at rest on the file that you're actually going to deploy, then you're going to have to give that password, and it's very much a pain to do this, and it's not automated, to put on a new um, encryption at rest password on each file that you actually deploy. It's just, it's not there. It's not possible. So the only solution that is the most secure that I know of is to actually have your, your primary solution and the bulk of the critical data to be stored server-side. Because again, that's when a user cannot gain physical access to the file. They can't get to the server and anything that's in transit between the client and the server, if it's a FileMaker Go copy or just a regular FileMaker desktop, as long as that's encrypted through SSL, anything in transit in between the two is also encrypted. So where does that leave us with the solution? Well, this, the client-side solution, what I'm going to suggest is that you do some type of caching method. And again, we're getting into some really advanced FileMaker development now. We're getting into, I'm just going to do some temporary caching and I'm going to do my best that when the solution opens, I'm going to retrieve from the server. You have to do a, some type of connection attempt and determine whether the connection is strong enough. FileMaker 4, 13 or 14, I believe, did introduce the ability to uh, determine what the connection type is, meaning you can find out whether it's 3G or LTE. If it's too slow, then you can actually uh, let them still use the client-side application that may be on the device or on the desktop and use a limited degree of functionality. But otherwise, what you're going to do is you're not going to want to store some of your critical functionality on the client device, primarily because the client device, you're going to be distributing a file that you know that people will be able to try to hack into. Now, that means if there's no data there, you're not really worried about them trying to hack into the file because you will have already removed admin access. And if you've removed admin access, then they cannot get into the scripts. But what you have to be aware of is from a security standpoint, any type of inter-file communication, any, when your client file is going to communicate with your server-hosted file, you need to make sure that you match uh, privilege sets, that you match accounts, and all kinds of other things. Now, whether you actually use FileMaker's internal accounts which becomes a bit of a hassle, especially if you're deploying multiple copy clone or clone copies of your solution to other customers. Managing the FileMaker permission or the accounts can be a bit of a hassle. That's where Active Directory comes in and it gets a little bit easier. But my preferred method is to actually manage my own security. Now, when you do this, you need to know what you are doing. You need to understand uh, encryption, you need to understand what is the latest and best that can be encrypted. And of course, it always depends on the data that you're actually securing. But it is possible to run and store your own accounts and passwords within tables, be able to cryptographically encrypt those, and then be very confident and comfortable with the encryption that you have in place between the client and the server. 
It is completely viable to do things this way. And then manage your security privilege sets based on something else that uniquely identifies people. My personal preference, I tend to use the get persistent ID because you can tie that ID of that actual device down to a person. That really works with mobile because bring your own device is pretty much ubiquitous. And there aren't too many situations where you have a shared computer unless you've got people coming in and you know they don't have an assigned workstation. They just use whatever the same workstation is that somebody else uses. In that case, you have to come up with some other scenario. But ultimately, it is possible to run and create a vertical market solution and to lock things down enough that you know that both your data is protected and your access or your authentication, actually getting into the solution, is protected as well. And if somebody actually gets a physical copy of your client uh, side file, you're really not worried about it because they can't get in as an admin and they can't copy scripts, see what the scripts are doing, see how they're run, and so on. There is one final thing that I will mention about security before I wrap this particular episode up, and that is you do need to be aware that if anybody ever has access to get into the file, regardless of whether they actually get the physical file off of a client device or whether they're actually able to access it through FileMaker server. If they have a copy of Advanced, then they are going to be able to execute and run any script they want. Or I should say I could if I wanted to. If I can open your solution, then I can find out the names of all of your scripts and I can just start to execute them as I want. This is done because FileMaker does not have their own plugin API locked down from the privilege set standpoint, meaning I can install a plugin that allows the execution of a FileMaker script. I can use FileMaker's design functions in order to get a list of all of your scripts, and then I can simply just start to run those by simply putting in their names. I could even create a separate FileMaker database that will uh, put a list of records of all of your script names and sit there and just have it run a loop and run all of those scripts. I mean, when I'm trying to hack into your file, it really doesn't matter to me what damage I might cause to the file. I'm just trying to find a way in. I'm just poke testing. I'm going poke, what does this script do? Poke, what does this script do? And I can sit there and use the get script result function to find out whatever your uh, scripts return. Same with custom functions. So when it comes to security, if uh, your solution needs to be secured, becoming familiar with the, uh, all of the aspects of FileMaker security, um, setting up SSL on the server, setting up uh, your solution so that when a user comes in, they only have access to a very minimal set, and then escalating and moving them up, approaching the whole security from a um, pessimistic viewpoint instead of an optimistic viewpoint is always preferential when it comes to securing or locking things down. But of course, that was one of my questions. You know, what type of webinar should I do? Security. That's coming back with a lot of responses. But ultimately, the webinar that I think I'm going to be doing was the one that's a little bit more popular, which is JavaScript. So I got to those three questions. As a result, I've got so many other questions that I can actually uh, respond to. If you would like to hear more about me just rambling on about FileMaker and talking about these types of questions that come in, then why don't you go ahead and send me an email at editor at filemakermagazine.com. You can always use matt at filemakertalk.com. That should go to both myself and Matt Navarre. 
And of course, if you enjoy this particular podcast for FileMaker and you are willing to take a quick little trip and hop onto uh, iTunes or the store, wherever you can leave a review, leaving a review is always welcome and it gives me and Matt, my buddy, information about where we're going, what we should do, and how we should continue. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, quick little episode, this quick little 30 minutes. Hope it gave you more to listen to on your commute or wherever you're at, sitting at your desk. Hope you have a great day. And until next time, do some great file making.